Hey, so we were in uh, NIAC this week. Uh, NIAC is a college that I went to and uh, a college that's kind of uh, dear to our, our uh, denomination. Uh, and they're actually moving to Jersey City. And so we went there to do some preaching and some teaching and, and just some, some loving on the students and let them know that we care about them. And when they move here, uh, really it's going to be about six blocks away that we have their back and we'd love to be their home. And so uh, we went there for the day. And I'm, on the way there, we stopped at Starbucks, right? I was getting paid for the gig. And so I figured, let's go Starbucks and not Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, so, so we went to Starbucks, and, and on these tables, they had them little dark circles, all right? And I knew what they were because I've seen them before. They're little charging circles. And so I said, hey, they got those charging pads. I didn't know what to call them. I said, they got those charging pads. And, and Ryan said, charging pad, you say? And he walked over. It was, it was like he's walking into a puppy store. He walked over, and he put his phone on there, and it said, bloop, 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 and, and his face said, bloop, bloop, bloop. you know? Was, he's like, it charges your phone, I'm like, I know, buddy. I know. Yeah, that's, that's what, and then, and then Pedro goes over, and they're, like, holding up the puppy together. They're like, look at, the, look at what happened. Like, have you noticed we've officially become a charging culture? Like, the other day, my wife was in a hospital, and she, 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 t- she took a picture of a charging port that was coming out of the wall. She was so impressed that there's a charging port coming out of the wall that she's taking pictures of it and putting it on the gram. Like, this is, this is who we become. We're obsessed uh, with, with charging our devices. In my house, it's, it's more important than money, like the charger is. It's, more, it's, it's actual currency. If I want to be really sacrificial that day and love my wife like Jesus, I'll be like, babe, you charge your phone first. Just being like Jesus. You know, like it's, it's, it's really deep stuff. It really is. At any point in my household, you'll, you'll hear a scream, a panicked yell. Where's my charger? He's just freaking out, man. The whole, the whole family's freaking out. Because where is my charger? Right? This, is, this is how we've got when it comes to charging our devices. Maybe you've been you know, in the car somewhere and your phone runs out of battery and you have no charger. I think one time I pulled over. I'm like, I'm going to die. It's, it's, I'm going to die right here on the side of the road. I have no clue how to get home. I have no, nobody to call. I have nothing to do. You just feel like you're going to die in that moment. We become so calculated and so dependent and so obsessed with charging our devices, right? I just wonder if, like, we were a fraction, just a fraction obsessed with our spiritual condition, with charging our spiritual condition. Just a little bit. Just, just a fraction. Like, we're sacrificial when it comes to charging our phones. I, I, I got home. Uh, it was a 45-minute commute from the city. I was at an office over there. I come home, and, and I give the kids a kiss, and I give the wife a kiss, and I'm like, I forgot my charger. I literally almost went back. I was about to give up my entire night just to go back. Like, we become sacrificial, obsessed, and calculated. I just wonder if we were a fraction obsessed, even a fraction uh, sacrificial when it comes to charging our devices, and, and it cuts me up a little bit. It cuts me up on the inside a little bit because, because I, I know how dependent I've become on this. I know how obsessed I've become with this, and I know, I know that there's maybe a claim that, do I love Jesus less than my phone? <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be that far-fetched. It'd be far-fetched, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, this has become our everything, and I just wonder if, if, if things change for us, if we were a fraction obsessed, like Jesus is obsessed with becoming uh, charged in, in our spiritual life. Like when I say there's no power, I mean there's no power. <laughs> there's no power for you to do anything that is outside of yourself apart from Jesus. 
You can do all sorts of things. Like you can be a great athlete. You can be a great CEO apart from Jesus. But if you want power to do things that matter, like love people beyond yourself, pray for your enemies, like restore a marriage, like get over an addiction. If you want to do things that are God-sized and not human-sized, it's going to take what? It's going to take God. There's, there's no power apart from, if, if you want to be a part of the mission of God to make disciples, like how many disciples did you make last year? If your number is below five and you're like, I wasn't even trying, if you want to get to making disciples, just the primary basic command that Jesus gives us, it's going to take the power of God. And there is no power apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from Jesus. And so what if we are a fraction obsessed? What if we cared just a little bit? What if we thought the world is jacked up? I want to be a part of the restoration of the world, of my city, and thought, I can't do this without having the charge of God, having the power of God existing in me. You ever seen somebody, and you're like, yo, they got something. There's been numerous people in my life, I watch them, I'm like, they have something that can't be of them. There's something God-sized inside of them. When they talk, there's something God-sized about them. We call that anointing. That's the, t- that's the technical word for it, anointing. There's no anointing apart from being connected to the Holy Spirit, being connected to God. What if we were a fraction obsessed? Just a fraction. Jesus, although he is God, this is, this is theology, although he is God, he's fully man and fully God. So although he is fully connected to the Father, it's his Father. It's our Father too, but, but it's legitimately his, his Father. And he's connected to the Holy Spirit. He's never been not connected to the Holy Spirit. Right? You can say his battery life is better than any of our battery lives. Even though that's the truth about Jesus, he still is obsessed with getting alone and charging up with the Father and Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy? Didn't that, didn't that hurt you a little bit? It, it, it's hurt, it was hurting me all week. I just gave up my phone this week. I'm like, I'm done. I've been worshiping my phone. I'm I'm like tearing up because I can't believe what I have become, why, why I cannot be quiet at all, why I cannot really spend significant time with God without having an agenda and getting in and out in 15, 20, 30 minutes at the most. And I gotta get through this one scripture and let me pray this thing. And God, I need this for the day. And then I gotta go. I, I can't just sit there. This is who I become. I'm just being honest with you. I can't just sit there. Jesus, even though he's connected to Holy Spirit all the time, he's desperate to get along with God because he's fully man at the same time. Let's watch Jesus model this this morning. We're back in Mark. Uh, we're, we're almost to the end of Mark 1. So just two more weeks after this. We've made it through a whole chapter. You know, the other ones go a little bit quicker, so, so just stick with me. Maybe we should have a cake. I'm not going to make it, but someone make a cake for the end of Mark 1. We did it. So we're in Mark 1.35 today. Mark 1.35. And rising very early in the morning. This feels like today. It really does. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark. It's really, it really hits home. It's too, it's too deep. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. All right, so rising very early, while it's still dark. So there's early... And then there's, I'm supposed to be in bed early. You know that hour that you get up? There's early, and, th- and then there's like, the only reason I'm up this early is because i got to catch a flight early. You've been there? There's early, and then there's, I'm training for a marathon early. 
Jesus is up at training for a marathon early, and he's not done positioning himself to be in the presence of God. Okay? He makes his way to what's called a desolate place, literally translates lonely place. Uh, most scholars think it's uh, on some hills overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And he's going to set this tone to the good at being alone belong the power. To the good at being alone belong the power. To those who are comfortable with being alone, those who can be alone with themselves and God, who can be themselves before God, who don't need their phone, who don't need noise, who make it who make it out early and often and consistently. They have a routine with God. They have a romance with God. They get a little bit crazy sometimes. They're tearing up. They're worshiping. They're, they're honest with God. Those who are good at being alone, to them belong the power, the charging up, the ability to go out and make a difference. To, to, to the diesel, right? let's, let's, let's put it this way, because I used to be diesel. It's gone now. Three kids in adulting ate my muscles, all right? Now, Sammy's an adult, and it didn't eat his muscles, but this is my excuse, okay? I used to be diesel, so I used to be in the gym often, so I've seen diesel people, uh, and I want to put it this way. The desolate are diesel. The desolate are diesel. Like, those who are really comfortable with getting to the desolate often are going to be, they're going to have spiritual muscles coming out of their ears. You ever seen those people? Right? W- women, men in the, in the gym, you're like, yo, you won. Go home. It's over. There's nothing else to be had. You can't get, you're walking like a transformer. Like, you just, please, stop it. You're not doing the robot anymore. Like, please, just go home. Like, to, to the, the desolate, those who are able to get desolate early and often, they're diesel, spiritually. They're spiritual monsters. To them belong the power. Um, I, I want to study Jesus today. And, and I know there's pushback coming, because I can hear it from my own soul. We live in the city. There's all sorts of action in the city. i got to work 80 hours to keep up. I just don't have time for this. When I sit down, I need my mind to relax. I need to binge watch Umbrella Academy. That's the most recent Netflix thing I could come up with. I hate being alone. I hate the quiet. I'm now overly attached to my phone. I got you. I'm with you. I feel the pull. I'm with you. I'm not the super holy pastor who's like, you know what? I don't do any of that. I just sit in the silence and fast and pray. It's not, it's not true. I'm with you. I, I feel it. I feel the world tugging at my heart, taking me away from the intimacy of Jesus. I regret personally, I'm repenting before you, I regret personally how often I pull this out. But here, here's how good God is. I'm not a good planner. If you know me closely, you know this. I say to people, I'm a good planner so that they think I am, but I'm not. So when I came up with this series and I came up with the schedule, I didn't make sure this landed on this day. All right? And yet it landed on the day where we, as a church, want to start fasting and prayer together for a month. Isn't that crazy? That may not seem crazy to you because you don't make the schedule all the time. But to me, I I didn't make sure, okay, God, we're going to talk about being alone with God often uh, and fasting. Let's make sure this scripture lands on this day. No, God cares deeply about this church. He wants you to know what it means to be alone early and often and well. So he landed this scripture on this day. We're fasting and praying because we're expecting a ton. We'll talk a little bit more about it later. Uh, but, 
but we are expecting for, you know, to, 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 to celebrate the resurrection and death of Jesus coming up. And we always celebrate it every, every single week. But we're, but we're going to celebrate Easter and we're going to celebrate Good Friday together. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do these things. We're also expecting uh, this, this big vision to happen. Like we, we rolled out this big vision uh, maybe like a month ago. And you're like, we want details. And we want to know how much it's going to cost. And so we said, you asked for it. All right, it's not our fault. You asked for it. So we're going to have a whole vision night, big vision night, April 26th. It's going to be the biggest vision night you've ever been a part of. I, don't, I can't really promise that. But I'm just saying that so that you show up. It's going to be crazy. We're going to lay out our vision and everything that it's going to take to get to this vision. It's going to, so, so we're fasting and praying leading up to that. We're also fasting and praying because we've been talking about we need, a, we need a move of the Holy Spirit. We've been neglecting the Holy Spirit, and we're repenting because we've been neglecting a whole person of God. And so we need to move the Holy Spirit. And so we're fasting and praying for that. And we're fasting and praying on this day, starting on this day. And this is the scripture that God gives us. He cares so much about this place. I love it. We're his favorite, like the song said. <laughs> I love it. So, so let's watch Jesus get alone and why. And, and let's clear up a few misconceptions first. Uh, because I know the misconceptions that are going on inside of you because they go on inside of me. Uh, here's one. God is going to do it for you. God is going to do it for you. Some of us think we give our life to Christ, we show up to church, God is just going to be, in, he's going to, going to chase you with intimacy. He's going to find you on your walk from one, one slot of work to the next and go, I want to talk to you. I have so many things to share with you. That he's just going to download the word of God constantly while you're busy and not paying attention to you. That's, that's not going to happen. We think as we, because we go to church that somehow we're going to have everything we need for life and godliness. Trust me, I'm not that good of a teacher. Ryan's not that good of a worship leader. We have an amazing volunteer staff for the children, but they got your children one hour a week. They can't disciple your kids in one hour a week. Like This is not an all-encompassing discipleship process, this thing that we call Sunday morning. That's not how it goes down. I heard a couple of pastors put it this way, and, and maybe this is a bit dramatic, uh, but... but uh, going to church is not going to make you a deep follower of Jesus any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. Okay? Going to church isn't going to make you a deep follower of Jesus any more than going to McDonald's makes you a Big Mac. That's good. It's, this is amazing. Sunday morning is an amazing launch pad to mission, to understanding the scriptures, to, to, to worshiping collectively with people. This is powerful. It's, it's a good intro. I mean, we get, to, we get to see people's art who, who, who are chasing after Jesus. This is a great launch pad for that. But it's not all-encompassing. God is not going to force his intimacy upon you. Hmm. Jesus is going to show us how to push his way through the crowd. That you have a crowd, so does Jesus. I, I understand your life is a crowd. You got so many things going on. You got so many things you're planning for. You are so busy. You're hopping off the train at 8 p.m. I got you. I, I'm going to tell you Jesus is in the same place, and he's going to push life aside to connect with the Father and Holy Spirit. So did you know that not everybody can drive in the city? <laughs> Maybe you've noticed. I've noticed. I've seen some people just give up. They come here, and they just don't bring a car. They're like, nope, not going to do it. Because you can't drive here like you drive everywhere else. And you can't drive everywhere else like you drive here. I mean, you could, you could drive in the Midwest or the South like you drive here, but you're going to get one of these every five seconds. <gasps> you know? 
You might get a bird. They're a little bit more nice down, down, down south. So, but they're going to be really upset that you're driving this way. Because there's undoubtedly this moment, right, where you have to be somewhere. You have to be in that lane or on that exit. No one's going to get there for you. Matter of fact, all of Jersey City will pass you by for three hours while you figure out if you want to get there or not. So there undoubtedly has to become this moment where you go, check my blind spot, blink, blink, blink. Maybe you don't do that. And you say, I'm coming. That's it. I don't know if the world knows it. I don't know if the world is on the same page as me, but your boy is coming. Now, I feel pretty good about it because I drive this big Buick thing uh, that, that all my, my whole family fits in. I feel good about it. Some of you guys are in like a Toyota Yaris and yours has a question mark. I'm coming, maybe. <laughs> you know, you feel a little bit. But I'm confident about it. I'm coming, right? And it's the only way. No one's going to go for you. I've seen people just sit there paralyzed. Ah, and I just keep going, like, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to go for you. You have to clear the way. You have to make way. This is what Jesus does. He knows the Father isn't going to do it for him. He knows Holy Spirit's not going to do it for him. He needs to get along with God and charge up. Because he's got a busy life. He's got crazy things going on. He's desperate. He's out of battery. He's had a crazy day before. He's going to have a crazy day today. And now he needs to get along with God. And he knows the desolate are diesel. To those who are good at being alone belong the power. That's what he knows. Here's another one. Another misconception. You can't work hard and be intimate with Jesus. Uh, maybe that God encourages one or the other. Right? So we think the people that live in like the mountains and have a simple job, like to them belong the intimate life with Jesus. Right? That's what we think. Those who churn their own butter and hunt for their breakfast. We think they're the ones that get to have an intimate life with Jesus. But we... We're too busy for it. We're, we have powerful jobs, and so we cannot do that. Like Jesus, the day before, uh, he casts out a demon, he preaches, and then he wanders 50 yards to Peter's uh, mother-in-law's house. He heals her, and then the entire town shows up at his door. And I think sometimes we think that Jesus is out there with like his holy lightsaber, and he's like healing everybody, you know? He's playing duck, duck, goose with, you know, with, with demons. He's like, duck, you're fine, duck. Goose, he's kicking out demons, uh, he's, he's, he's healing. You want a leg? You got a leg? Bang, leg healed. No, no, he's taking on the burdens of the people. Now, Mark doesn't write that all down because we don't want to hear about Sister Nancy's burdens throughout all of Mark. Brother John's story, we don't want to hear it. So Mark doesn't write it down, but, but Jesus is taking on some of their stories. How draining is that? I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. At the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see people. And Jesus, the next day, is going to see more people. So he's like, you know what? I'm not going to make excuses. I'm pushing life aside. I'm pushing people aside. The desolate or diesel, I'm getting alone with God. So good. Here's another one. It's about where we live. Like, this is because Jesus is in a fishing village that's why he can go out to Capernaum. That's why he can go look over the Sea of Galilee. And yes, it probably does help that when he goes outside, he doesn't hear 40 sirens and seven bottle smashes. Like whenever I go outside, I just want to find some nature. Oh, I found a tree. Let me sit on a tree. Bottle smash. It probably doesn't help us, right? At the same time, he has people chasing him all the time. This is, uh, this is the next verse. And Simon, 
and those who were, uh, who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. Peter, Simon Peter, is super dramatic. We were looking for like an hour. Two people in the entire city didn't get to hear you speak yesterday. Do you love them? Do you care about them? This is Peter. All of them, this is the disciples. We're looking for you, Jesus. Jesus has the same probs you and I do. Jesus has to say no to people. Did you know that? Jesus has to disappoint people. Jesus has to figure out what his work-life balance is going to look like. He has to figure out, what does my mission look like for the day? How am I going to serve God today? I need to categorize that and maybe disappoint some people. Does it sound like you? Sure sounds like me. I tick off three people a week by saying no. But I have to categorize. And I usually go, woe is me. Woe is me. Jesus, you didn't have to do this. You walked around in sandals. Yes, he did. He's morning tonight. He's with people, healing people, doing spiritual battle. He's casting out demons like Yoda. I mean, this is tiring stuff. But what does he do? He pushes aside the traffic and says, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to spend time with God. This is the rest of his day. And he came to them. Let us go to the next towns. We got more to do that I may preach there also. He's going to preach again. When did he even prepare the sermon? Huh? I mean, I almost, I almost collapsed. Yes, I preached at a, at a conference yesterday. I thought there was going to be like 60 people there. And, and it was my fourth time in seven days. And so I'm just writing out a little outline. And I'm, I'm just, it's going to be a nice little day. A nice little outline. I usually write a seven-page manuscript. But for this, I'm just going to write out a little outline. I get there and there's 500 people there. And all of my bosses. They're all there. So I go to the guy, run to the thing. I'm like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. I just wrote a little five-minute outline. What are, you, what are you doing to me, right? I'm freaking out. Because I, I didn't prepare. Jesus didn't prepare here. He's going from one town to the next, preaching, healing, casting out demons, feeding, multiplying bread, multiplying fish, casting out some more demons. This is what Jesus' life is. But he decides, you know what? The, the desolate are diesel. I got this. If I can just get to God and plug in, if I can just hear what the Father's telling me, if I could just feel Holy Spirit teach me what to do next, I got this. To the good at being alone belongs the power. Now, this is a very imperfect illustration, my whole plugging in thing, and it's kind of cheesy, actually. I, I barely liked it going into this week, but, uh, but, it, but it makes sense. Uh, I'm going to tell you why it's imperfect in a minute, um, but I want to study someone who's really good, and, and we're almost done here, but I want, I want to hit a new scripture, uh, Psalm 23, someone who's really good at being alone with God. David was not great at a lot of things. I'm not even sure I would take David's morality most of the time. Actually, I know I wouldn't because he committed adultery and murdered somebody. So he's not great at a lot of things. One thing, and he was good at really killing people in battle, but he's really good at being alone with God. Being all of himself before all of God and soaking all of God in and then using God to, to combat the stress and anxiety of his life of being a king and people chasing him and people wanting to kill him. And so let's read Psalm 23 together. If you want to flip to the Old Testament, I'll give you a couple seconds to flip to the Old Testament. And really we're going to find out, this is not what we think it is. Because I know, I know there's a lot of type A's in the room. I, I, because of where we live, it's, it's dominant type A's a little bit. So I, I know the type A's in the room are going, well, I, here's what I need to do. I need a calendar, 
and, and I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day, and I'm just going to chop that thing off my list. I'm going to push aside life on my calendar, and I'm going to conquer this. This is not what this is. There's deep stuff going on inside of you while you're not spending time alone with God. There's deep stuff. And so I want to attack the deep stuff. Because this may not be what you think it is. All right? So, so here's what David says for Psalm 23. One, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, this other version is, I shall not be in want. David says, you're my leader. You're my leader. I shall not exist in want. Here's why I think we're bad at spending time alone with God. Fear. I think we fear that God is not going to give us everything we hope he's going to give us. And I think we also fear that he's going to take our leadership away from us. We like leading. You like leading your life. You like being in control of everything, don't you? I'm in control of my, I want to be in control of my emotions, all the way down to my, I want to lead my life. And I think the reason that we're not getting along with God is because it's just as much about submission as it is intimacy. It's just as much about you saying, you are my shepherd. I, I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes to work out this whole work-life balance, to, to be a good friend, to be a good neighbor, to, to love people well, to love my coworkers well. I lashed out on my coworker. How am I, this is surrender. You saying, I don't have what it takes, but you are my Lord, you are my shepherd, you got this. Do you understand how vulnerable this is, how humble this is? David is a shepherd. So here's what he knows about sheep. They're dumb. They're like some of the dumbest animals on the planet. Right? I mean, they're, they're crazy dumb. So, like, there's this story that comes out of Ireland. Um, and I think it's a true story. I think I read it as a true story in the first place. I couldn't find it again. But um, there's a story that comes out of Ireland where there's two shepherds, and they're watching over their sheep. There's about 100 sheep. Uh, that's a normal-sized flock for them. Uh, and and there's, there's a vendor passing by, close by, where they want to go get lunch. Okay, so they leave the sheep in the field to go get lunch. So the, there's a small cliff and there's a field, and they're safe there. There's no wolves around. There's no woods nearby. There's no wilderness nearby. And so they leave the sheep there. All right, they go get some lunch. They come back, and there's 10 sheep left. Like, where's all the sheep? They're not fast either. So they're dumb, and they're slow, right? The sheep are just not flattering animals. So the fact that they're called sheep all throughout the scriptures is just not great. Uh, but they're just not there. And so they go, where are they? And they look over the cliff, and all 90 are there. Now, they're all not dead. Because they've made kind of a, a pillow. <laughs> bad, bad. But this is where they're at, right? And it's because sheep, look, if you watch them, all they do is follow the hind end in front of them. Nose to hiney. <laughs> That's what they do. My kids love this story. <laughs> like you said, hiney daddy. Uh, th- this is what they do, though. They, they just follow what's in front. They have no ability to lead themselves. They're so dependent on the shepherd. They're so dependent. This is what David says. I mean, David has, David has been a warrior. David has been a part of creating one of the greatest kingdoms that has ever existed. And he sits there and says, I'm a sheep. I'm desperate. Jesus is the good shepherd. But he makes sure I'm going to get alone. I'm going to surrender. I'm desperate. Holy Spirit, feed me. Father, feed me. You see the difference here? This is just as much about humility and surrender. And let me suggest that if you're not good at being alone, it's because you're not good at surrendering. So we've been blaming our schedule this whole time. 
But that ain't it. What's it is you think you got this. You think I got this. And maybe the start is not pushing your schedule out of the way. Maybe the start is pushing yourself out of the way and saying, God, I'm sorry. I repent for thinking that I got this, for thinking that I could be this amazing person uh, that takes on the world for you. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe you start with humility. God, I've been too prideful. That's why I'm not alone, because I think I got this. Start repenting of your own leadership and pride. There's more. He makes me lie down in, in what color? Green pastures. That's good food. And he leads me beside still waters. When you surrender to being alone, he's going to take you to eat and drink. And it's going to be good food. But here's the thing. You can't be a chubby sheep. Can you imagine the chubby sheep who are full? They've had a sheep buffet. I have no clue what sheep eat. They've had a sheep buffet. They come here. They don't need food. They don't need green pastures. pastures. They don't need still waters. They don't need any of it. You can't come chubby sheep into this thing. And you also have to leave the noise. All these things are quiet. We're in a valley here. He's leading me by still waters. You ever been by, a still, by still waters? It's naturally, it's supernaturally calming. You're going to have to leave the noise. So we had an idea. Actually, uh, someone in our, in our congregation had an idea. And we like to listen to you guys when you ask us some things. And we like to pay attention because this is a team. We're together in this. Uh, we're not some, some leadership that has it all together and decide we don't need. We, uh, we, we love your suggestions. And so uh, the suggestion is that, that we fast and pray together, that we leave something behind, we leave the noise behind, so that we can good at, uh, get good at being alone with Jesus because to the good at being alone with God belong the power. So would you fast with us? Now let me tell you what this means. We're going to do this for 30 days. Um, and, and we're going to start today. Lent actually started on Wednesday. Maybe you started on Wednesday. That's great. This is not a religious thing. This is not, if you didn't start on Wednesday, you're three days behind and Jesus doesn't love you anymore. No, no, just relax, okay? Uh, we're going to start this fast and prayer together. Uh, we're going to put all the information on our social media outlets. Uh, so if you are fasting from social media, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's me. Here's what I targeted. I targeted every minute I'm alone I pull this out, check an article, do a thing, see what this person's saying. Every minute I'm alone. And so this week I started the fast from this. Um, usually I get here, I don't know if you know this, but Sunday morning is when Apple sends you your, your and me and Ryan get it at the same time, and we're immediately depressed. It's, it sends you your report on how much you've been on your phone. And usually it's somewhere around six hours. And I, and I fall into, like, who am I? This week, I had 48 minutes total in the news. So I'm fasting from all my favorite apps. I didn't even know if Syracuse won yesterday. It was crazy. I was like, God, is this okay? He's like, yes, son. It's fine. Syracuse doesn't even care about you. Okay. <laughs> what is it for you? What is the thing that is robbing you of your personal space with Jesus? You have this dance space with Jesus. What's cutting in and going, you know what? No, 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 no. You don't have, you don't have the ability to do that. What, what will make you weak and dependent? What are you chubby on? You're, chub, you're a chubby sheep. 
You don't need God. You're full. You got all the money you need. You got all the food you need. You got all the time you need. What do you, ch- and how can you get rid of some of that so you can become fully dependent on God for these 30 days? What's it look like? It's not a fun message. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, dude, why is the pastor asking us to fast and pray? This is the worst. But fast. And let's expect God to move together. How many people in this room are like, what if we all fasted and prayed about the same things together? We're going to put what we're praying about on social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Maybe just check it one, one part of the day to find out what we're praying about together. And just fast and pray with us. Just get rid of something so that God can fill you up, so that the Holy Spirit can meet you in a new way, so that you can expect with us for God to move in this city and this church. That's what we're going to do together. Because this is, this is what happens next. We can trust God. Last verse of the day. He restores my soul. There's only one that can, that can be a part of the restoration of the inner parts of who you are, and it's Jesus. He leads me by paths of righteousness. I'm sick of being concerned about which path I'm on. Anybody else? I'm sick of wondering, am I actually going in the right direction? The only way I know I'm going in the right direction is if I'm alone with God constantly. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Watch this. For his name's sake. This is where my illustration is imperfect. When you get alone with God, he's not going to be like a five-hour energy, energy drink. You're going to walk outside like, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. Who wants prayer? That's not what this is. That's not what charging up means. He's going to tell you his will. He's going to tell you who you are. And he's going to raise you up for his sake. So if your dreams are, Jesus, I'm fasting and praying to get a Bentley, I don't think that's for his name's sake. That's probably for your name's sake and your driving condition. <laughs> so this is what happens next, right? Would you fast with us? Would you pray with us? Would you join us? Um, I, I feel like this is the least sexy thing we can do and the most holy thing we can do, which for me makes me feel pretty good about it. The church is way too concerned about being sexy and way too, way, way too little, little concerned about being holy in his presence. Let me pray for us. Worship team, come up here. After the worship team plays the last song, I'm going to come up and close this out. I'm going to give you some tools to fast and pray. Uh, if, you, if you don't follow us on Facebook, uh, what we put out this week is just a simple article about fasting and prayer. It's just what fasting is not and what fasting is. So if you've never fasted before, if you're wondering, what do I fast from? How do I fast? We put a simple article online uh, that tells you that. Uh, if you're not on Facebook, just get an account just for this. Just, or maybe just, that's great. Ask me, I'll show it to you. If you're not on Facebook, just more power to you. I don't know how you've done it all these years, but good for you. You're, you're just bucking the system, okay? Uh, so, so we're going to have that online for you, uh, and you can check that. Uh, and then this week, again, uh, on, on certain days of the week, we're just going to post what we're praying for. Week one fasting, here's what we're praying for together. And collectively. And, and can you do something at the end of the day? I'm going to have what's going to be on there, uh, how to get there, how to get to this, um, this app. And this app is the Holy Bible app. It's the app that anybody can get. It's free. Uh, what an amazing ministry over the years this thing has been. Uh, and there's an, actual, there's an actual devotion on there. If you want to follow, you don't have to do any of this, but this is just tools to help you. Uh, and, and then what's going to happen is I, I want you to just kind of commit to something today. What am I going to fast from? And if I don't know how to do it, here, here are the tools to help you, okay? This will be up uh, again after the, after the service as well, so you can come up and take a picture of that if you want to find out how to get there, okay? Let's pray.
God, we are a chubby sheep. We are full. And we have pretty much all that we need. Even if we don't think we have all that we need, we somehow covet other pastures. And so, God, we want to strip ourselves of some things. We want to clear life out of the way. We want to push life out of the way. And we want to learn how to get good at being alone with you often. God, some of us are not going to like what we find when we get alone. But I know you're going to be that, sh- that gentle shepherd with a rod and a staff who guide us gently, lovingly, with care. We trust you. We trust you, shepherd. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship together.